0: (laughs) Finally, yes, finally.
1: Uh,
2: Hey, you seem pretty giddy today. I'm glad we all got here. Are you excited to record? Is that, wait a minute.
1: What is that? It's a golden microphone?
0: That's right, it is. Guys, I've got some really excited news. They are making our sequel to Enchanted.
1: Oh shit, the one we came up with called Re-Enchanted?
0: That's right. It's really exciting. We're about to be millionaires.
1: What?
2: This is just like a fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. It is. Absolutely.
0: Oh, my God. When I heard the news, I went right out and I got us a brand new solid gold microphone, which is probably going to sound pretty terrible, but it looks amazing.
1: Okay, cool. So they're going to to our story idea where the writer um, is part of the movie, kind of like adaptation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a sequel to Enchanted.
1: And Giselle is kind of disaffected and sad and Robert actually has to save her this time.
0: It's gonna be amazing. I can't wait to see these characters brought onto the big screen by acclaimed director Kevin Lima again.
2: Just simply incredible. Uh, well, I, I already just uh, you know, made the money transfer, I got myself a private jet. Nice. Perfect. That, that will fly around on its own private jet. Oh, I love it. That's You know what? I'm going to order one too.
1: Whoa, how'd you guys get approved for that?
2: I put it all on my credit. I hope that goes well. You know, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. I'm about to be rich. Nothing can go wrong, guys. We're going to be making that Disney money.
1: Hey, wait. I'm looking this up on my phone. It says it's called disenchanted
0: oh well you know sometimes the marketing team like changes the name that can happen as long as we've got bill kelly on board to work on our script that's all that matters
1: nah it looks like they got a different director and uh the story sounds kind of like different from what we came up with guys
2: What, what what are you saying like like how different yeah
1: Like, I think the only similarity is that Giselle is sad after living in the real world for over 10 years.
0: Oh, well, I mean, as long as we get our writer's credit, I guess it doesn't really matter.
1: Uh, well, it does show three writers, but I don't see any of our names there.
0: What? So wait, are you saying that we're still
2: poor?
1: Yeah, sorry. Uh, maybe you could get a refund.
2: I'm, uh, I gotta run to the bank real quick. (laughs)
0: Fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel, here with my whimsical co-hosts.
1: I'm a whimsical cat, and my name is Cassidy, and I go by they/them for them/their pronouns.
2: They/them/their pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> there's gold in they them pronouns (laughs) so how's cat life
1: it's pretty great even if not
0: pretty great
1: well fuck (laughs) you know even if i find that i don't have a place to hang up my hat
0: your cat hat
1: or my tail i have a way to just like get by, and it's pretty cush. I gotta say.
0: Are we about to do the Grinch for uh, our show with Jim Carrey because we did Jim Carrey's uh, Christmas Carol last year? I mean, that sounds fun.
1: (laughs) Dear God.
0: (laughs) We'll have a a very Carrie Christmas every year.
1: Yeah.
2: I hate to tell you this, Cass, but you sad fool. (laughs) Because... You called yourself a magical cat with no place to go. <laughs> and it's time for me to tell you that all jellical cats gather at the heavyside lair. Oh
1: my god. For the
2: Jellicle ball to become the jellical choice. I think
1: Jack has already cursed us with doing this for our New Year's special.
0: Jack is cocking the cat gun. Exactly. (laughs) He's loading the chamber with the movie that we swore we'd never talk about. That we are going to discuss this year for New Year's. Jesus
2: H. Christmas.
1: Jesus (laughs) Louises.
2: Old Deuteronomy, help us. But hey, Jack, who are you? Oh, me? Well, I'm Jack Olander. My pronouns are any and all. Whatever the people want to call me oh, because nice. I am an ogre trying to free my people from the kingdom of humans. Viva la resistance. That's right. Nice. We ogres, you know, we, we're we often portrayed as monsters and bad guys. But, Discrimination. You know, that, that's the only narrative there's ever been. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they expected from us And that's what they got from us And you're going to set the record straight That's right No more I say in ogre ease Very nice Or I would If the language wasn't lost to time
0: That's fair And also probably humans' faults Yes Well guys, I have good news and I have bad news for you this week Because this week we are talking about the sequel to Enchanted but not the one that we wrote because those cowards at Disney refused to take our script.
1: Yeah, but if you want to hear the true rewrite that we came up with, uh, you can find it on our Patreon page. Um, and you can go over there and see which tier you need to join.
0: Cass won't tell you.
1: No, you got to do some investigating. This is interactive. But yeah, uh, there is a tear that will allow you to listen to our Rewriting History episodes.
0: I believe you because I made the tears.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> Not the usual tears that I make, <laughs> which are tears of laughter.
1: Oh, thank God. I don't think I could take any other kind of tears right now.
2: That's fair. Mine are tears of pain from all the swords that are flying around. True. True. But...
0: So this film was not directed by Kevin Lima, nor written by Bill Kelly, but it was, in fact, directed by Adam Shankman and written by Bridget Hales, J. David Stem, and David N.
2: Wise.
1: Shankman shanked the other director in the back.
2: Yeah. Don't trust the guy whose lineage is called Knife Murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going
0: to be getting some uh, cease and desist letters, I'm sure, here.
2: <laughs> just to be written at all, honestly? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, you know, just like the original, this film stars Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, Adina Menzel, and it now introduces Maya Rudolph and Gabriella Baldacchino. Probably
1: Re- Gabriella. What did I say? Gabriella.
0: Gabriella. Gabriella. Gabriella, who replaces the original Morgan actress. Yes. Garfield Baldacchino. <laughs> Nobody's going to be offended by that.
1: I actually looked at the list to see if anybody fit that description. Garfield? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's see. They hate Mondays. They love lasagna.
1: And love torturing John.
0: Who doesn't? Or they don't exist. Oh, shit. Depending on your Garfield uh, media preferences. Okay. Have you never seen uh, Garfield without Garfield? No. Where they take a Garfield comic strip and they just remove Garfield from it?
1: So John's just talking to himself the whole time? Basically, <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen this. No. It's no that's hilarious. You'll have to show
1: me later.
2: What a completely... All right, now apparently. What a completely batshit idea for a comic. Just take someone out. Just remove a character to fuck with somebody.
1: I finally found a way to keep cool. I put a frozen chicken down my pants. It won't thaw for hours.
2: (laughs) What is
0: happening? It just completely removes the central character, Garfield.
1: Dude, he just seems like he's had a psychotic break, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one's pretty great. (laughs) <laughs> this is just John standing there. He suddenly screams,
2: Yee and
0: his hair is like exploding out of his head. And then he's back to the original
2: frame. Ellen, if you hang up on me, you'll break my heart. Click. And then he's dead inside. I think, I
1: think something already <laughs> broke this man.
2: I would love it if our Disenchanted review was just a deep dive into Garfield.
0: (laughs) Honestly, that might be all
1: this movie deserves. Oh, boy.
0: So um, let's be professional podcasters and jump into a summary of Disenchanted.
1: You know, it's been 10 or 15 years since Giselle popped into our reality from Andalasia.
0: How old is Morgan?
1: I don't know. She's a teenager. I'm
0: going to say it's probably been 10 years.
1: Probably. Well, actually, she was like 5 or Mm 6. I know it's been over 10.
2: And now she's probably 15 or 16. It's been 15 years, hasn't it? I, it's been
1: 15 years since the movie came out. Only, oh, if,
0: only if Morgan is a 21-year-old high schooler. You
1: know, it's it is 10. It says it in the description. That'll do it. Um, what if it's
0: lying to us?
1: Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. That
2: would be such a sick twist.
0: Oh, doing like a meta thing where like all the previews are lying. I yeah. like oh, that.
1: That's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I could imagine a Deadpool movie doing something like that.
2: Or a movie that is very self-conscious about the tropes in its own genre, like Disenchanted. But but like doing it well. Yeah, more.
1: Uh, I got news for you. They didn't do that for the movie that we all watched together. They tried.
2: Um... (laughs) Well, they should have had us write it for them, shouldn't they?
1: Yeah, I think they should. We
2: put in all that fucking work.
1: I gotta say... (laughs) Our ideas were better than what we looked at <laughs> for our you are, two hours.
0: Uh, you are priming the listeners for our
2: reviews. You should oh. probably just jump into the summary. <laughs>
1: well, we're kind of doing the summary. Think
2: about how brave it would have been if Pip had said fuck for the first <laughs> time in a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, so there's growing pains in their family. Ouch. And Giselle is still magic, though.
2: True.
0: She can still talk to them animals. Yes.
1: But she's losing heart.
0: (laughs) It turns out that living in a mundane world full of bullshit and taxes and like, uh, you know, regular acts of violence committed against innocent people will just break you down.
1: So she's basically the only magical thing in a world without overt magic.
0: Mm hmm. The magic of friendship.
1: Somehow, they've been able to keep her magical abilities somewhat under wraps, and she's not like being worshipped as a goddess or anything.
0: Oh my god! You just came out with another better movie. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: she wouldn't she have a cult? Yes, which would be <laughs> fuck. awesome. I think she would try to like avoid them. <laughs> like they were super cringe. I'm
0: sorry, my cult is a little cringe. <laughs> Don't mind them. They're mean well. But she's
2: not closeted about her power. No, she just
1: uses them. That's why it's crazy. Um, But the city life of New York City is weighing them all down. She and Robert are still together, though they're still going strong. That's nice. They've had a baby together. Ooh, cringe. That could be the source of their problems, but that they don't talk about it.
2: It probably hurt unless she sang about the birth while it was happening. That's fair. Then it was probably just beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, Jamie. Yeah, that was
2: pretty. That was pretty solid.
1: Thanks.
2: Yeah, I can uh, see it on our recording.
1: <laughs> so. Giselle sees a billboard advertising to her to go live in Monroseville, and then she thinks that that's going to be there happily ever after.
0: Yes. Tired of the interesting life of living in New York? Moved to a fucking suburb.
1: Somehow. I hate
0: this part of the movie with a burning passion. <laughs>
1: somehow, even after 10 years, she's still as naive as a babe, newborn babe. I yeah. think her baby knows more about how to exist <laughs> in the world than she does.
2: I, I believe that. <laughs> well, she can bend the world to fit her. True,
1: And that's even more true in this movie, because when they do make the move, Nancy and Edward visit them from Andalasia and give them a gift.
0: No, oh, that's nice of them. A little moving gift.
1: Yeah, it's for the baby, but it's a fucking magic wand that grants wishes.
0: Nothing can go wrong there.
1: And apparently there's no limit to how many wishes.
0: No, Uh, it's just one wish.
1: No, you can make multiple wishes. You just have to make them before midnight. Oh, I thought they said you only get one wish. There were multiple wishes made on that there, wand.
2: Lots of wishes. She uses uh, the wand in a duel at one point and was just like wishing left and right.
1: Yep. I think that's your like DM brain kicking in thinking of like giving your players a cap on what they could do, but they, they didn't think of that in this movie.
2: Never let them make a wish. They don't, they didn't balance it at all. They didn't play test the wand. No, they did not at all. That's So
1: it's supposed to be for baby Sophia.
0: Yeah. Let's give the wand to like an even more childlike entity than Giselle.
1: Morgan is feeling left out like she doesn't matter anymore. That's right. And uh Giselle is like, "You know what? I want to make everybody and myself happier, so I wish that we have a fairy tale life.
2: Nothing can possibly go wrong." She's like, "Morgan, I know you don't want to live here, but it's only been one day. Don't do anything crazy." And then wishes to change the entire world the next scene. Just because. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Just because we lit your room on fire doesn't mean you need to get all fucking weird about it.
1: So (laughs) she's thinking about her life and her family's life, but it changes the entire world.
0: She does what I'm going to call Wanda-ing, based on the hit television program, also on Disney Plus, WandaVision. And because she uses a wand. Good point. Is that why they call her Wanda? Because she's a mage? Maybe.
1: So she changes the whole world to be magic. And it ends up being that it sucked all that magic out of Andalasia. And Andalasia is fucking dying. Yep,
0: That's okay. They didn't treat the ogres right.
1: It's basically like Cinderella's <laughs> story. Morgan becomes Cinderella pretty much. And um Yeah. Giselle becomes her wicked stepmother.
0: This movie hates stepmother. Yeah,
1: Pip gets turned into her, like, quote-unquote evil cat.
0: Oh, that was cool.
1: Yeah, but they insinuate that just all cats are evil.
0: No, no, they just insinuate that squirrels don't make good hench- or, like, familiars or, like, henchmen, but cats do. Okay. Cass, need I remind you, Mr. Bigglesworth, Case closed.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I feel like cats are evil more, in, or like are part of the evil hierarchy more in spy movies than I can think of from yeah. fairy tales. It's like true Aladdin bird. Actually, Diago. there's a lot of
1: evil henchman cats in fairy tales.
2: Too. Okay, well there you go. Uh, so dragon <laughs> from Secret of Nim. Good point. The Siamese cats from uh, Lady and the Tramp. The other cat from Arietti. McCavity from 2019. <laughs> you know, is that just gonna be your new code name for cats? Just calling it 2019. 2019, the year of our cats.
1: So God damn it. Giselle's personality is changing. She kind of develops schizophrenia and uh she talks to herself and she gets um,
0: Gollum disease.
1: Yeah. There's like her good side and her evil side, and they're like talking to each other um and she's becoming more what are the elements? she's becoming more cruel, oh uh vain
2: and ambitious yeah and ambitious, yes. that's right, and vain. stepmothers are
0: cruel, vain, and ambitious according to Heyo! The,
1: according to this film,
0: according uh, to reality Hey! Rodney Dangerfield here. Oh. Oh my
1: god and it's <laughs> happening based on the stroke of each hour uh at, in the like town square clock and she finds out that she has until midnight to try to reverse a spell or she's gonna be like an evil stepmother forever and they're always gonna be in this like pseudo medieval fantasy setting
0: yeah which like that part of the movie is the fun part where we kind of get the fairy tale world in our world and like robert goes from being A high-powered New York attorney to a questing knight.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: That was a good gag.
1: Yeah. And, like, everybody's singing and, you know, they're all in kind of Ren garb, basically.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I Like, I dug that part.
1: But Giselle's ambition is starting to get the better of her. There was a woman named Melvina Monroe, who was one of the descendants of the founders of the town. She was, like, the
0: queen bee.
1: And she becomes the actual queen once the world changes. And uh, Giselle wants to take her down and become queen herself.
0: All right. So one more element of the movie that I did enjoy was the evil queen versus evil queen angle. Yeah. That was clever.
1: I liked how they were sniping at each other and just overtly like, I'm going to take you down. Not if I can help it. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: then the song, like that was one of the few good songs in this movie.
1: Yeah. They sing together about how much they hate each other.
2: how one is better than the other. Yeah. It's fun, it's caddy, it's competitive. It's a good time.
0: Just like 2019. Yes. Fun, caddy and
2: competitive. Yes.
1: So there's going to be a festival with a ball. Of course. Uh in Cinderella fashion, Giselle tells Morgan that she has to do her chores and can't go to the ball and like locks her in. Morgan kind of escapes. Giselle catches her, but then in a moment of lucidity, pushes her into the magic well so that she can escape to Andalasia to get help.
0: This part is really dumb because it is both the machinations of evil Giselle and the like kind intentions of good Giselle both
2: to push Morgan into the well. That's right. Falling into the well, Morgan becomes Sadako from the series The Ring, having fallen into a well. Is that how that works? Maybe. Is that the ring uh, girl with the hair? Yes. I don't
1: know what's happening right now.
2: The girl from The Ring was in a well for seven days. Okay. Shit. This movie got dark.
1: (laughs) Oh, the horror movie, The Ring. Not
2: The Lord of the Rings.
1: I was thinking The Lord of the Rings. I was very confused.
2: Different ring. No? Okay.
1: Okay. It was Not that. R- it was the
2: movie. room. <laughs> yes. A different movie about a little girl being pushed into a well.
1: Okay. Um, that
2: barely happened in the Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan's in Andalasia. She meets up with Nancy and Edward. I almost said Drew. Um, They kind of show her how Andalasia dying. They take her to the memory tree, which is a big deal in the movie.
2: I guess.
0: They um, tell you it is. They certainly tell you that it
1: is. It, it's just kind of like backstory, so it's hard to feel any emotion about it. Um,
0: Love power. They they do keep going back to it. It just doesn't really establish any meaning. It's like a wish board.
1: Yeah, so the wish tree is dying in Andalasia. Morgan is able to bring it back to life because she has the love in the memories, too. It's a little confusing how it works. <laughs> um And then Nancy sings them back to the real world somehow. She's become magic since she lives there.
0: Adina Menzel already magic. Yeah. love power.
1: They rush to the ball to try to stop Giselle from becoming an evil stepmother and the queen. By the time they get there, Giselle's gotten the wand back with uh, Cat Pip's help. She's wished herself into being the queen, and she's fighting with the queen Mel- old queen, Melvina, who had magic powers herself. Uh, so they're having a magic battle, <laughs> which was kind of cool. It's and- basically
0: just reminiscent of the first film where they're fighting the, the dragon queen.
1: Yeah, they have to stop the clock from but striking no 12 so that they have a chance to try to save Giselle, who's they figure is under a curse.
0: Did we mention that uh, if they don't do it by midnight, then the magic locks in?
1: I think I did, but okay. if not, now we did. <laughs> um, I forget. Oh, yeah. So... Giselle actually starts dying because she's Andalasian. And so all of the magic's getting sucked into the world. And so she's like kind of like falling apart on a molecular level.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: And um, there is actually like one of the most heartfelt scenes in the movie between her and Morgan in that moment, which we'll talk more about later. And basically she's talking about how, I'll always live on in you because you love me.
0: Yeah, they established meaningful stakes for about two minutes.
1: Yeah. And then they realize that even though Melvina broke the wand, it's still magical. So...
0: Because you can't break magic. Yeah. So... (laughs) Harry Potter lied to you people. Ron Weasley is a sham.
1: (laughs) So Morgan is still able to make a wish on the wand and... Giselle just kind of, like, dubs her a daughter of Andalasia in that moment, so it is possible.
0: It's like, it is paying off a plot point.
1: That didn't need to be a point. But it's
0: very much a no-man-can-kill-the-witch-king type scenario.
2: I'm no man. <laughs> and then shit, you bet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Um, and so she wishes that they're all back at home together. I think by that point, Giselle actually had died. Um.
0: She's mostly dead.
1: Mostly. Uh, I've seen worse. And so it goes back to their shitty fixer upper home, but they're all alive and together and the world is normal again. And Andalasia is not dying.
0: I just want to point out, this home is only shitty because, like, the movie needs it to be. This place is incredible.
1: I know. Um. The wand had reconstructed itself when Morgan was making her wish, and we don't really see what happened to it uh, by the end of the movie. It's just kind of, like, gone. But Morgan had it last. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe they're setting that up for a third one.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Oh, maybe they'll finally make our version. (laughs)
2: Yeah. They won't ever make another version after how this movie has performed so far.
0: Mmm. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about that when we get into the smithy, but for now, we should probably head into the Delve. Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of Disenchanted. So guys, let's get right into it. There is a dark underbelly to this movie. We need to talk about the ogre rebellion and the hobgoblin uprising that are occurring only in the
2: backstory or the side story of this film. Yeah. I'm shocked. We have watched a Disney movie and the first thing out of your mouth wasn't screaming the word Sora. (laughs) (laughs) Shit! (laughs) God damn it, you're right. It's a
0: kingdom. Guys, all right. Jack got me. Guys, (laughs) let's talk about where
2: this movie fits in with Kingdom Hearts. Well, obviously, once the world becomes a fairy tale world, Giselle's eyes start flashing golden, which is a clear sign of Xanort's influence. Exactly. As she is turning more evil. Oh, you mean as she's becoming more heartless
1: and they are opening portals left and right
0: yes so sora needs to come in start whipping some ass knock the evil goo out of giselle <laughs> take that keyblade seal up this world easy peasy lemon squeeze.
2: that's right and within the memory tree inside of memory is clearly that's nobody Oh, nice. I I thought you were going to say that's where the keyhole is. Maybe. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh,
1: shit. That would be in the the trunk.
2: And then Sora sings along with the Love Power song in like a fun little side game. Now, here's
0: the cool (laughs) thing with this. You get two for the price of one because you get the Andalasia
2: areas and the Earth areas with different distinct art styles. That's right. Where we get to see fun live action Goofy and Donald. Oh, Ooh, boy. that would be pretty good. With human skin. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> or a duck and a dog. I, I almost or- said with human
0: uh, feathers, too. Oh, for God. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, obviously this is going to fit into our Kingdom Hearts mythology. It'll clearly be <laughs> a world in Kingdom Hearts 4.
2: I'm just imagining Donald's bill being made out of, like, nail... Like the same thing your fingernails are made out of? He's just going to be Howard the Duck. Okay, thank God.
0: (laughs) Which is so much worse, I feel, but... Oh, yeah. Quack-foo. All right, but the Ogre Rebellion and the Hobgoblin Uprising. These are canonical in this film. We know this is happening, and they sweep it under the carpet hard.
1: Yeah, they're just like, oh, you know, we're the rightful rulers... Are we, Nancy and Edward? That's and, right. Uh, it's our right to just ruthlessly put them down and probably slaughter them.
0: Yeah, it's our job to murder these ogres who are uprising. Well, what is an uprising? Let's start by defining some terms here.
2: In order to have an uprising, you have to first be pushed down. <laughs> That's it's... right. An uprising implies that there is an injustice being
0: committed That needs to be dealt with. Yeah,
1: there's a marginalized group that is rising up against unjust rulers.
0: Now, here's where things get a little interesting. Because Edward and Nancy have an ogre friend. Who I believe is the ogre from the first movie that Edward is originally trying to slay and be friends. This guy is clearly... A traitor to the rest of the ogres.
1: I was going to say he's a class traitor. He's yeah. a class
2: traitor, exactly. That's right. Aww. Fuck this guy. He
1: might be betraying them. That He could be the reason they win. Like, he's giving them intel. Oh,
0: shit. He's a double agent. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Fuck, how else would the humans have a chance against an army
2: of ogres? I've seen R. Yeah. Yes. I know what a double agent looks like. Because I saw them dance. Oh, you're saying that maybe this ogre is a triple agent. I'm saying maybe (laughs) the ogre is a triple agent and was trying to help the ogres, and that's why the rebellion happened at all, but it all went sideways.
0: Man, I cannot wait for the next movie in this series to see the ogre turn on Edward and just like fucking baseball bat him with his club across Andalasia.
1: Now let's think about the hobgoblin rebellion because a rebellion also implies that you're fighting back against some kind of oppressive rule. And it's usually workers that rise up.
0: That's right. So the only mention we get of the hobgoblins is when Nancy is explaining why they showed up late to the after party at the end of the film. She says, we were stopped by the hobgoblins and it took an entire village to drive them away. So they recruited a civilian militia. Yeah. They basically created a posse to attack these hobgoblins who were probably like protesting for workers' rights.
1: Yeah.
2: We never even get to see hobgoblins. They are not represented in the quote-unquote fairy tale setting.
1: They're probably doing all the jobs that the humans don't want to do or like the dangerous jobs.
2: I'm disgusted
0: by the implication of this film.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's just so deep into maintaining the status quo that it's just taken for granted and not even examined within the context of the film.
2: That's right. Look, if you're going to talk about freedom while creating a system that can subtly oppress you gotta have nancy an american in charge of andalasia oh my god jack you are so right i'm all for freedom and then what do you do you employ an ogre in your council while having him help you put down an ogre rebellion oh shit the freedom-loving individual to
0: fascist pipeline, on display in this film through this subtle message.
1: You're talking about a fascist dictatorship.
0: Yes, Nancy is yeah. goes from being a working-class woman, a fashion designer, she gets involved with a powerful representative of the kingdom, a royal who's been given a lot of wealth and from power. no... And power from no impli- uh, from no work of his own. This is Grimes and Elon Musk. And this is a perfect allegory for them. Except <laughs> in the case of Edward, he's actually a likable character and funny. It's true.
2: Edward's a nice guy, but let's look at the queens we've seen in the series. But also Edward being a nice guy sugarcoats this royal family. Well, he's like the first husband, right? He's just like the one who smiles for the crowd. <laughs>
1: He's actually No, he a... has power. Yeah, and he's
0: also like a warlord.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I guess that is true. And he commits the axe himself. Yeah. But let's look at the queens we've seen in this setting so okay. far. Okay. All right. There's the queen from the first movie. Cruel. Killed her husband. Probably I don't remember. <laughs> I
1: think she did.
2: <laughs> turns into a dragon. Tries to kill Giselle. When we look in this one queen of Monroeville, or whatever it's called yes. yeah
1: melvina monroe
2: she's evil she uses purple magic
0: <laughs> and she wears black yeah oh man casey cannon uh beloved friend of the show is probably seething right now yes slander
2: but also <laughs> when giselle when she becomes evil you know the first thing she wants to do become queen true
1: yeah all
2: i'm saying is There are three examples of queen figures who are all evil. And then there's Nancy. You're right. I like this film.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. And she's a queen.
2: And she's a queen. She's become a queen. And she talks about putting down a rebellion. That's right.
1: And an uprising. This
2: movie
0: might be smarter than I thought.
2: Let's just say she gives a very powerful magical artifact that no one could ever hope to achieve in their lives to a one-year-old baby. Not even.
1: She gets Morgan to bring the magic back to their world so they maintain all the power.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. This conspiracy quite literally goes all the way to the
1: top. But she's so evil- That Morgan never sees it, and neither do most of the audience members.
0: I feel like we're onto some Darth Jar Jar shit here. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah, it is.
1: Because they're losing their power. Their world is dying. By getting Morgan to bring the magic back to their world, they're going to be able to maintain their place of power and their supremacy above all the other fantastical creatures.
2: Yeah, there's like that scene where Morgan sees like a hobgoblin's leg sticking out from behind a cart and is about to be like, what's that? And then suddenly Nancy's like, look at the Tree of Memories. Remember the past? Remember all this stuff? She, she is saying. literally covering up
0: the acts of atrocities that they are committing in Andalasia. Because by the time we visit the world in this movie everything is beginning to fall apart
1: it's just like whenever they casually say they're slaughtering other sentient groups in their kingdom
0: they subtly allude to their oppression of native peoples
1: <laughs> um nobody bats an eye they're just like oh isn't that quaint and whimsical fantasy races uh, fighting each other it's like wait a minute Is nobody going to closely examine what they said?
0: No, it's all about how you frame something. I guess so. And let's keep in mind, in the first movie, Nancy is initially portrayed as something of an antagonist. Yeah. Maybe our dear, sweet, angel-voiced Adina Menzel in this film, the character that she portrays in this film... Is not so sweet and innocent after all.
1: I think not.
0: I was a big Nancy supporter at the end of the first movie, too.
1: They're fucking narcissists. All they care is about their own happily ever apt after. Yes. And then maintaining their own uh, power and wealth.
0: Literally, for them to be happy requires the oppression of an entire multiple groups of people.
1: This is something that was... Based on
0: their race.
1: Yeah. And this is something that was bothering me to a lesser degree about Giselle and Robert also, because the whole movie was framed around them getting there happily ever after. And that's all they were concerned about. No wonder Morgan feels left behind. Like they don't care about what she wants. They drag her around. She gets no say in what happens to her or to the family.
0: I mean, granted, there is a complex relationship between, like, teenagers and their parents when it comes to things like needing to move. I mean, in other circumstances. Sure. But Giselle is just very privileged. She can just be like, oh, I just want to move. Yeah. I just need a change of scenery. Yeah. This is just my Green Acres moment. Yeah. Well, I guess the woman in Green Acres hated it, but you get my point.
1: Are you talking about Anne?
0: Not Green Gables. Oh. Green Acres.
1: I was getting confused.
0: It's the place for me. Farm living is the life oh, for me.
1: Oh, is that a theater thing?
0: No, it was a <laughs> shitty old sitcom.
1: Okay.
2: You never watched Green Acres? No. The whole song and everything. Welcome to Swords and Satire, where this week we're reviewing Green Acres. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play you guys the theme song later.
1: But so... Hell yeah. It's about how their own focus is on their own relationship and they barely care about their kids. I mean, let's just talk about how she barely takes care of her baby.
0: Oh my God.
1: And the only reason she's helping Morgan out the whole time is so that Morgan won't dislike her.
0: True. I mean, Giselle only cares about surface level goodness.
1: Yeah.
2: Perception.
1: And like appearing happy all the time. Yes.
2: I really thought the baby was going to be a lot, a lot more of a, like, presence in this film. The baby doesn't even need to exist. The baby just takes up use, like, when, time in the film. When they showed the baby at the end of the movie, I had literally forgotten
1: yeah, <laughs> for like two-thirds
2: of the film that the baby existed at all. Giselle does so, not act like a mother no, to this child. No,
1: she, <laughs> she forgets about the baby too. It's only until she hears the baby crying that she's like, oh, yeah, somebody should take care of that or people will think bad things about me. So she forces three fairies from their garden to take care of it.
0: It's like they literally just put the baby in there so that they could justify a joke that could have been like those three fairy women doing literally anything else.
1: Like housework or yeah.
0: something. Yeah, like, oh, my house is dirty and my like layabout stepdaughter is gone. Like, come clean my house. And they're like, oh, Sure. Or just don't, like, they're not even, like, it's not even a joke. The three fairies thing isn't even a joke. It's, it's an just allu- a premise. another
1: allusion to, it's an allusion to Sleeping Beauty.
0: Yeah, but it just doesn't do anything. The There's baby should have been cut from the film.
1: This movie was not like the original. It's not an homage. It's a fucking ad. <laughs> they just, like, threw all these other Easter eggs in from other Disney franchises, and, like, it it wasn't meaningful. It's just there to be like, hey, remember this? Also, maybe you want to, like, keep supporting our <laughs> our work.
0: Great point. And speaking of ads, I feel like this is a perfect time to tell our listeners about our Patreon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's right.
1: What's our Patreon?
0: You just mentioned supporting work. Well... If you're enjoying the show, you can head to patreon.com slash swords and satire and sign up to send us a little something something every month to help keep the show going.
2: Jack, tell them what they'll get if they do it. Well, we've got several fun, creative projects and interactive activities you can do on there, such as voting for what movies we're going to watch every month. There's going to be a poll. With several options typically around a theme. And you get to choose what we're going to talk about. I would
0: advise not voting for us to cover Disenchanted.
2: Oh, wait. (laughs) Whoops. Looks like that's going to require some time shenanigans. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I think this is a great movie for us to be covering. Yeah. But in addition to that, we also on occasion have some great outtake material from things that have been cut from episodes. Bonus episodes where we talk about fun, creative ideas like rewriting history.
1: Yep. And
2: on occasion, we have some fun fan art of characters and movie posters.
0: So if you want to support the show one more time, that's patreon.com slash swords and satire.
1: And now back to the episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they just like throw this baby in there just to kind of exist and pad the runtime of a movie that did not need to be two hours. You could cut every bit of content with that baby and the movie would still make as much sense as it does with the baby.
1: Honestly, just the plot point of the mundanity of the real world and how everything can be so hard because all of our systems are constructed To create this huge disparity between classes. uh, That could just weigh on her over time. Yeah. Like, she's already feeling these feelings of ennui. Like, you don't need to have a baby to make that happen.
0: Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is, like, normally you would think that they would use the baby as a foil to Morgan. They don't even do that. There's not even, like, a thing where Morgan feels like she's being like left out because of the baby or anything. like a plot point like that, that you can kind of like connect to the real world. They and, like, allude to it real... in one
1: scene. Yeah.
0: Like that's not
1: enough. It's not a strong like, plot point. Yeah.
0: It doesn't go anywhere. Morgan seems to have little to no feeling about this child.
1: It's true. One of the things I wanted to talk about is a line that Giselle says when she's turning more into the evil stepmother. She just says, uh, being a villain is so liberating.
0: Oh, good catch.
1: And I think that's really one of the major themes of the film.
0: Evil is good?
1: Yeah. Actually, it's evil is easy.
0: (laughs) Well, they do own Star Wars, so Mm -hmm. I guess that's fitting.
1: It's like, it's freeing to just do whatever you want and be selfish.
0: So why not just do it? <laughs> why not just be an evil corporation who exploits its uh, artists and creators and uh, milk every last penny you can out of an unsuspecting audience who kind of comes back to you for nostalgia more than any like new enrichment. Oops, <laughs> am I shitting all over our entire premise of our show? Which is apparently now talking about Disney films?
1: (laughs) Well, because they own so many different studios now, uh, they own a lot of the (sighs) content, the creative content out there. They own
2: our childhoods, (laughs) is what you're saying, I think. Yeah. This is not really a spoiler for Wakanda Forever. But there's a single line of dialogue in the movie where, in a single breath, a character references three other (laughs) Disney-owned franchises. A single breath. One sentence. Uh, Now, you
0: can just nod yes that one of those references is Kingdom Hearts.
2: I wish I... Well, (laughs) technically, yes. Uh Yes. Uh
0: Aha. Yes. See? I got it. I'm tapping my nose at Jack. They're drunk
2: with power.
1: So you're saying that Giselle's line is really something that might have been inserted by executives. <laughs> and it's it's a meta comment on Disney's role in the creative unconscious.
0: No, I mean the opposite. I'm saying that maybe that's a line that was inserted by a disgruntled worker or a disgruntled writer. Who's kind of like putting up a mirror to the company. That is going to get missed by executives.
1: Okay, there you go. Although,
0: you know, Disney is also at that point as a company where it can do this, like, half-hearted self-critique. That's what the original Enchanted is, right?
1: It's really just a way to get people to stay loyal to them.
0: Yeah, by, like, doing, like, a, a light send-up of the films of the corporation.
1: And it's like, oh, look, we're aware of how evil we are. Isn't that quirky? So you feel like smart for following their work.
2: (laughs) Something like that. I think to do that reference really justice, they should have like two Mickey Mouse ears that you like screw into your (laughs) brain that make you high forever. I think that would be a fun little thing to put in, like, I don't know, another, like, the next live action Little Mermaid or whatever they make
0: next. Yeah, that might be a little too much for them.
1: Just like Nancy and Edward, this movie maintains the harmful opinion that women with power are evil and to be feared and taken down.
2: Interesting. And that they compete with each other. That women really compete for power. Now, that's a tough one. Because
0: while that is a troubling implication, there is an element of that that does play out in actual cultural practices because so often there are so few positions of power for female people. Yeah. That there is kind of this hard Scrabble competition.
1: And it's only when their power has been stripped away from them that they're able to reconcile. Remember at the end? Giselle and Melvina apologize to one another in the coffee shop, and they say, they each say, "Oh, I can get a little carried away. Like their ambition can just be shrugged off."
0: Right, and of course, as ambitious women, they are kind of demeaned yeah. and had to be, and they have to be brought low.
1: That ambition is shrugged off as them. Going overboard. Right. Going beyond what they should be grasping for as women.
0: But meanwhile, Robert is this, like, high-powered attorney in New York. He can just kind of schluff off his responsibilities and be like, I'm done being a glorious, you know, part of the machine. I can just, like, relax out of this. hmm And it's fine. But there was no problem. We don't see him in the courtroom, like, ruthlessly... I don't remember what type of lawyer he is. Isn't he a divorce lawyer? Yeah, he was yeah. in the first one. Yeah. um, like, like We don't see him like tearing into his co-workers, which is probably what's happening.
1: And there's not the thing that they do with women who are working. Conveniently, Giselle, it doesn't work.
0: No, she doesn't need to. Um, And Melvina they, but- is like a realtor, but also just kind of weirdly powerful in the town
1: yeah but they don't treat robert's character like they would a woman who's working and has a family he's not portrayed as like having to try to balance everything and like wondering if he can have it all none of that's going on of course
0: his main plot is oh no i'm late for work oh good now i'm a goofy like side joke about now i'm like about being a questing knight.
2: Yeah, his whole thing is like, oh, you know, teenagers are just, like, really hard to take care of, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, okay, everything is better. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad
0: you all fixed the problems for me. Now I can just retire or whatever he does. Well. Open a small practice.
2: He's not really tied into any of the problems of the film. No, he's not. He's a fine like, cool-headed parent in this. And everyone else losing their shit and popping off is the reason this happens. He's doing everything he's gotta do. Sure. But it kind of
0: just makes him, like, appear innocent
2: through all of this. Yeah. He's just shown as, like, a side... He's a side character. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, he doesn't seem to try to, like, get close to Morgan or understand her at all or even interact with her very much throughout the whole movie. It's all about Giselle for him.
0: Right. That's a good point. Before
1: Giselle came along, he did everything for Morgan.
0: So you're saying that she has put him under some kind of enchantment?
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, you see... He and Morgan had a lot of bonding and emotional support in the first one. And so audiences hate that. They don't want to see more of that.
1: He barely even seems to care about her at all, except to make sure that she's not like actively being like mopey.
0: Sure. He wants to control her emotions, but he doesn't want to actually participate in her life anymore. No. He just wants to police whether or not she's being positive.
1: He actually doesn't interact in many of the family members' lives at all. He and Giselle show affection for one another, but I don't feel like they actually care about one another. It's more like they're under an enchantment, like you said, Jamie. It doesn't feel genuine.
0: Yeah, I mean, Robert just becomes a B-plot.
1: Yeah, and
0: like that's not to say that the movie needs to like delve deeply into the lives of the male characters. Like that's not really what it's about. But it it just feels like they had ideas for how to like put together a film with a plot where like character development mattered, and then they were just like, "Nah, fuck it."
1: I know. And, like, later they tried to make it about, a, a, like, a mother-daughter thing between Giselle and Morgan.
0: And they almost pull it off.
1: Yeah, but there's no setup for that payoff. Exactly. She doesn't care what Morgan thinks at all, except to be distressed that Morgan's unhappy. Right. With the changes that they force upon her.
0: They There's no developing this in a way where the audience can care except in the last like five minutes
1: yeah they did get me in the scene when Giselle's dying
0: sure that part's kind of sad yeah I feel like that's like the more you're able to fill in on your own the more that that might have an impact on you
1: the best emotional core we got was like two minutes of screen time I think
2: and they they got us for suckers because it's a scene about losing your mom and we lost our mom this year. Yeah. That's and so fair. it was just like, all right, lucky shot. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was all about like, um, you still have my love because I live on in your memories of me. And I was like, Oh my god.
2: Yeah. That part was really nice. But those should have been the kind of stakes we were looking at this entire film. exactly. We don't need another, oh my God, the whole world is going to be destroyed sort of plot. This is supposed to be like a lighthearted series that is like the deeper parts of it come from like understanding what it means to like be a person.
1: And be a good person. Yeah. and, And like be supportive of others.
2: And here's the reason
0: why it just, doesn't fucking work. Because the audience knows that Giselle is just being compelled by magic to be a shitty stepmom. Yeah. Like, it's literally baked into the plot that, like, oh, well, she's going to be, like, transformed this way. It's like, there's no stakes. There's no the stakes sense. because it's just magic. Oh, okay, well, she's magically turning into a narcissist. So as soon as the magic's over, like everything's corrected. And like, she just is like, and it's like, not even, I compared her to Gollum, but it's not even that really like Gollum. We have a deep backstory for like how he changes and like is conflicted and everything. But Giselle is just fighting. I mean, Gollum is also fighting against a magic compulsion, but Giselle's not even fighting against a magic compulsion She's just become this bipolar character. She's got a good side and an evil side, and there's no overlap.
2: Let me just give you the movie in a single sentence, and I'll have you, (laughs) you'll understand why this was a bad idea from the beginning. Okay. Giselle, you gotta undo your wish or Andalasia's gonna be destroyed forever. Thank you. You see how already that sounds horrible. It doesn't sound like a good movie. It doesn't
0: give you room to do anything (laughs) like the first movie that has an emotional core.
1: It was about the characters and their interpersonal relationships.
0: This is the problem I have with so many sequels. And like I read a review of this that basically said it feels like a Disney Channel... Like made for TV sequel, yeah, and it's so true. Like the first movie is this brilliant. I mean, maybe that's overstating. But I really like it. Like it's a fun, well-written, interesting send-up of the genre. And this is just like, ah, uh, can we shit out a sequel for Disney Plus because we need to like do a sequel, and it there's just like no soul in it. Yeah. And I feel like that comes through in a lot of the performances.
1: It Amy feels- Adams
0: is in like almost every scene and I still feel like she is woefully underused.
1: Yeah, it feels very wooden. I I don't really feel connected to any of the characters.
0: Yeah. Like in a way, James Marsden and Patrick Dempsey are the only people seem th- they seem to be having any fun doing this film. Yeah. The actor who plays Morgan is is good. She can portray emotions well. And like I feel like I could kind of connect with the character. But I really feel like they were trying to do like a dual protagonist thing with her and Giselle. And then Giselle being like a protagonist antagonist. And again, it's not like an anti-hero or anything. Because she is just two different characters.
1: Yeah. And when I say they're wooden, it's not like... Everybody was doing a good job of like emoting and and doing well with acting and everything, but I didn't really buy the relationships anymore, I guess. No. Oh
0: my god, I just came up with like the better version of this movie. They should have actually made like an evil Giselle.
1: Oh. And then a we double. don't
0: and then we don't know which one we're seeing.
1: Oh shit. That
0: would have been such a better. Yeah, yeah. like a doppelganger. Yeah. Like, that would have set up some mystery, and then we might start to wonder. But it was so blatantly obvious to me. And I don't know, Cass, how you were feeling. But I was saying, like, clearly she's going to, to turn into an evil stepmother. And Jack's like, I don't know that that's what's happening. And I was like, this is absolutely
2: what's happening. It just seemed like... <laughs> like cheap? Like, the it was cheap. Yeah. Exactly. Like, just the slightest amount of effort... I feel like could have made this movie anything but what it is. Yes.
0: I agree. Yeah. And like they try to do this thing where, like, oh, Morgan is like a new kid, and oh, she's got the quirky mom, and we she has to like go to school in Giselle's like fairy tale clothing, and like it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's just it's barely a joke. Like, oh, my God, she's wearing a flower dress with a flower sweater. Isn't that a lot of flowers? Like, that's basically a joke, almost verbatim in this film.
1: Yeah. It also seemed like a terrible knockoff of the amazing clothing they showed Giselle making in the first movie.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was like
1: the suburban mom version of the flouncy dresses she used to make. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She used to make these show-stopping outfits.
1: Yeah.
2: This movie felt like a doppelganger of the first. (laughs) Not that it was a boring doppelganger. Not that it was exactly the same, but the more I think about like what went into the first one and what was compelling about it, it's like the people who went into the effort of making this one. Did not watch the source material and were told what it was in, like, an IMDb summary.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Honestly, I feel like this movie would have been better if it was just a retread of the first movie. Yeah. It certainly couldn't have been worse. In a lot of ways.
2: If you literally just remade the first movie and added the theme, you know, sometimes you gotta learn a lesson more than once. That would have been better than this. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. It's so true. Because that's an actual message that you learn in life. Yeah, it's true. And what was the message of this movie? I guess if your life is suffering, you'll have nice memories, maybe.
1: It was actually be careful what you wish for.
2: You know oh, what? Oh, I see. That's a good message for this movie.
0: Because I wanted a sequel.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: be careful what Me you too. wish for. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Maybe it's a very elaborate and expensive meta-commentary <laughs> on learning to deal with disappointment.
1: Yeah. That's such an uncreative message. It's Be careful what you wish for. It's been done so many times.
0: But this time it's literally a wish. Oh, no. That's called the monkey's paw. It's literally been done a thousand
1: times. Yeah.
2: Disenchanted.
0: Colin, Go watch the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that is a perfect time for us to start giving this movie a rating so why don't we head into the smithy welcome to the smithy where we each forge a rating for this movie after we share an epic moment or feature of the film Cass, do you want to go first and give us your rating from 1 to 10 Wishing Wands?
1: Oh, okay. Sure. After we just, like, bashed it hardcore.
2: We started out, like, tiptoeing around the themes of the movie just so we could get behind it and stab it in the back. (laughs) (laughs) At two satirists? Yes. You asked for me to exist, and I appeared.
1: I actually liked um, the design the set design of their home in monroseville so i think i'm gonna make my epic feature their house
0: oh oh nice yeah
1: it has all these cool details in the like pillars and the woodwork and like
0: it's got a turret you know i love a turret yeah it's
1: got the turret i bet you could create like a reading nook in part of the turret oh yeah Uh, there's that cool covered well outside in the backyard.
2: (laughs) Your epic moment so far is just like fantasizing about what you would do with that house.
1: Exactly!
2: (laughs) Hey, that's what...
0: Sometimes that's what good media is. I wanted to live
1: there. (laughs)
0: Sometimes good media is just a playground for the viewer. And they they had such a big
1: kitchen with an island where you could sit at it.
2: Oh, yeah. And bother people
1: while they're cooking. Yeah. (laughs) Love that.
2: Just be like a little too in the way. Oh, they had the
0: wiring that will like run cartoon style through the ceiling and then burn up your shit.
1: Yeah, in a way that wiring is not done. Yes, thank you.
0: I'm the tradesperson, and I should have pointed that out. But
1: well, you kind of just did. I, I guess
0: so. Yeah, you but like, you
1: led me to that
0: morsel. I'm like, what Lord. was like? Where were
2: these wires connected? That they hit the floor? Yeah. Everyone knows that the wire is just supposed to go from the switch, hang through the air in your room, and you go right <laughs> up to the bulb. And then continue going down to the floor. But I don't think there was an outlet over there. You know, the electricity flows much more freely if you take the rubber coating off of your wires also. Yeah. <laughs> Liberate the electricity. Exactly.
1: Why don't you live for once in your goddamn life?
2: <laughs> That's right. So
0: Also, like, none of the people working on this house ever turned on the light switch in Morgan's bedroom. Good to point. test
1: it out. Yeah. I mean,
0: there are some shoddy uh like shady ass
1: I think they need to fire all there. their contractors yeah. that are working for them.
2: They're still building the house while they're moving in. I mean, we do have a friend <laughs> whose
0: mother was building a like professional kitchen and the guy who did the wiring like just did a ridiculously dangerous job and then like his address with a houseboat and when the police went <laughs> to go look for him, he was just gone.
1: Oh my god, this is already a more interesting story than the movie we watched. Um That's,
0: that's- badass. <laughs> um that's one way to describe it. And
1: then with that being said <laughs> I want to I want to meet this guy. That really? Yeah. You
0: want to meet the guy who swindled our friends?
1: I'm not going to move in with him. I just want to talk to him for a few minutes.
2: Just chew the cud, you know. <laughs>
1: I'm curious about the process that he went through. To, to to go from point A to point D.
0: I know that he was using like super shoddy wiring for like elaborate refrigeration systems
2: interesting and like
0: wiring that wasn't rated for like high and low temperature oh my which, God. You, oh, which you need in a refrigerator like it was like a walk-in refrigerator i think
2: this is the kind of guy to just be like yeah i can do wiring sure <laughs> i'll put my job out there yeah i'll but take I the hundred thousand dollar contract he
1: lived on a houseboat yeah oh.
2: well that's a pretty epic moment i've
1: that. only <laughs> known one other person that lived on a houseboat so forgive me if i'm disparaging like good folk who live on houseboats. Yeah, come on. But the guy I knew that lived on a houseboat is a total piece of shit. So, um
0: the water folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. We're going to find out very rapidly that we have like a massive houseboat <laughs> contingent in our audience who's now never going to listen to us again. Oh my god. We love houseboat people. <laughs> if you live on a houseboat, you you are freer than we will ever be. And we are just jealous.
1: That's true. You can just, you're free on the open seas.
0: Also, I mean, that's a great Simpsons joke when they move (laughs) into the houseboat and Homer's like, if you don't like your neighbors, you can just pull up anchor and move away. And like everybody, every other houseboat leaves. Okay, (laughs) there you
1: go. So I think in general about this movie that we watched...
0: This is never a good sign.
1: I'm going to give it a four out of ten magical ones. Okay. Some of the costumes were pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the modern fairy tale, like, aesthetic. Like, the people in Earth, in fairy tale Earth, who are yeah. wearing, like, basically Ren fair garb. That was fun.
1: Yeah. And I liked all of the setting design.
0: I like how Robert's costume in that part of the world was inspired by Marlon Wayans from the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yes. The hoodie tunic.
1: Yeah, that was great. Um, Yes. I didn't buy any of the relationships anymore, like I said, except for maybe that two minutes at the end when Giselle was dying.
0: Just like my education, almost no chemistry.
1: There were almost like no real grounded stakes to make this feel like anything mattered the music there was like there were like one or two like fun songs but like the music was not as good or as catchy or memorable as the first movie no at all and uh the animation wasn't as good as the first movie
0: Hmm, interesting i don't know if i agree with that but that's fair
1: so yeah four out of ten magical wands for me
0: very nice what about you jack What's your epic moment or feature in your rating from 1 to 10 Wishing Wands? It's a real
1: brain scratcher. <laughs> head
0: scratcher. You have to peel your skull open and scratch your brain.
2: It yeah. is not immediately apparent to me what part of this movie is epic. Uh, however, I I'll I did tell take you- one of
1: the few things.
2: I'll t- no! The epic balls that Disney needed to shit this thing out. <laughs> I'm gonna have to disagree, cats.
1: And Jimmy, the inventor from Nightmare Before Christmas, can open up his head and scratch his brain.
2: That's right. Nice. I never considered the house an epic feature of the film.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can have more for you on that one. <laughs> It was a nice house. I think even
1: though it was a fixer-upper, it has less problems with it than our current home. Whoa. There you go. That's so it, fair. it would be an upgrade. That's
2: great. <laughs> Fixer-upgrade. Uh, my epic feature has got to be the old 2D Disney animation style we get for a little bit of the film. I grew up watching Mulan... Aladdin, Lion King. Better
0: movies than this one.
2: Huncules. And <laughs> mostly
0: stuff that we enjoy covering on our show. I really yeah.
2: liked the 2D animation, which yeah. ended with The Princess and the Frog, because that one didn't do as well in theaters. Oh. It was sort of like an experiment. They're like, oh, this new CGI is more affordable. Let's see have how ge- this movie. Have does. you
0: considered that movie didn't do well because of racism?
2: Yeah, that's, that's probably a chunk of it. And so, uh, I love that movie. I think it's beautiful, too. Yeah, and I watched really, it
1: together recently.
2: In my mind, that is the iconic Disney art style. And when I look at the new Disney CGI stuff, I'm like, oh, parts of it are cool. And they are finding more of an art style that is more consistent between their films. But... It it still lacks a lot of the defined character I felt the 2D animation had. It was iconic.
1: Jack, it's called Soul.
2: That's right, which is a 3D animated Disney movie that came out a couple <laughs> years ago. No one's Disney? Disney Pixar. Ah.
0: I I was trying to come up with a joke here where I like said I searched for something Disney and it was like Something that would have given me porn results, and I felt like In- the animation was not as good as the real as
2: the old Disney.
1: Uh, instead, <laughs> I just stumbled into mine unknowingly.
2: Yeah, the new Disney pornography is not nearly as good as <laughs> not memorable Anyway, seeing that two D art style done again with like new characters, it even had like a fresh style to it. It felt so nice. Not just nostalgic. I enjoy that art style. And so it was nice to see it again. That was pretty epic. I'll give it to him. I liked that. Okay. Now, when it came to the movie as a whole, when I, we were watching it, I'm like thinking this is in a five out of ten territory. It's not great. It's kind of inoffensive. After we've <laughs> talked about it, it is offensive. Yeah. And uh, in it,
1: many ways. Now,
2: I, now I'm insulted. <laughs> 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 not just your intelligence but your morality and your character i would say my life is diminished but it's more like a hard lesson that i know never to do this again (laughs)
0: long time listeners know that the lowest rating jack can possibly give a movie is that he will never watch it again
2: and i hope not to (laughs) it
1: sounds like you went on a similar journey that Giselle did (laughs) it's true
2: i i started at a five while we were watching it Coming into this today, I was like, let's do a four. And then after the conversation, <laughs> I'm settling on three out of ten stars. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. It was not like Monster Hunter World bad, which I gave a two. I feel like more. Monster Hunter World is a much better
0: and more entertaining movie than this in some way. Yeah. Well, Maybe not. Maybe I'm just being a
2: idiot. No, oh, no. Sure. It's a subjective rating system. For me, this is slightly above that. If I ever have to watch this again, I think I'll try to comatose myself.
1: (laughs) A sugar high.
2: I wouldn't recommend this movie. If you love someone, keep them (laughs) from watching it.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) How are we going to recommend they watch and then listen to our episode? How does this
2: compare to Christmas Train? (laughs) Uh, Well, Christmas Train is... You know, it, it has an aura that is inescapable. That's <laughs> true. They're playing it for free a weekend <laughs> at one of our local theaters in the oh, Bay. Really? And so I was like, They're oh, no. They're trying to
1: indoctrin- indoctrinate more people. I hate right. that
0: movie so much, I might have to go to that sh- screening.
2: The it first hit's fun. free,
1: then you have to pay for Disney+. Plus. <laughs>
2: oh, my God, no. So, yeah, uh... I love the actors. I love the first movie. Uh, I know the actor who played Morgan in this is not in the first one. They did a great job. However, the first movie is good. If you ever want to watch the (laughs) sequel, just simply rewatch the first one. I was going to say. If you're having a movie
0: night, you're like, okay, we're going to watch the Enchanted series. Just watch Enchanted and then rewatch
2: Enchanted. Yep. Yeah. And sing along. Just put on the captions and sing along. Uh, Yeah, three out of ten. Please don't hurt me anymore. (laughs) That's your safe word. What about you, Jamie? What's your epic moment and or feature in rating out of ten wands?
0: Fuck, it's hard to pick. I guess my epic moment... See, the sad thing is, like, my epic moment is... The joke that could have been fun and then just did nothing, and it's Robert as the questing knight.
1: Okay, I
0: love the premise where it's like, "Oh, I'm a big city lawyer, and gosh darn it, does commuting suck?" And then he gets turned into the like fairy tale world. He's like, "I'm a questing knight." It's my job to go out into the countryside and go on adventures and help people. That could have been really fun and there could have been a great payoff. And literally the joke we get out of it is there's a dragon attacking some villagers. He sees that happening, goes to help by like entering the dragon cave, gets spit out, and then a little boy pushes a boulder in front of the dragon cave entrance, and is like, are you sure you're an adventurer?
2: That is the joke.
1: Yeah. It's just... It
2: it is a joke that could have been in the original Dungeons & Dragons movie. Sure.
1: I was confused for a little bit after that. I was like, what's happening?
0: Yeah, like, what is the point of this? Yeah. Later on, there's an ogre. Hmm. Uh Interesting. Coming through the town... Robert giant. a giant sorry i i should be uh more politically correct here a giant robert like lassos it's toe and is like getting dragged through the town and then again nothing happens
1: and it looks like the giant wasn't trying to hurt the town it was honestly just passing through yeah it was just, just walking by and he's trying to attack it
0: it did not <laughs>
1: For being a giant.
0: I mean, again, we could be getting close to what could have been an interesting commentary that we did not get. It seemed like
2: the giant was doing its best not to be destructive. I mean, some things broke, but like, it did not seem intentional. Yeah. Like, this whole joke
0: seems to be predicated on the idea that Edward gives Robert a sword, and then Robert is riding the train with the sword because apparently when you're in one of these movies your brain stops working and he decides like i'm gonna go on a train to new york with a fucking real sword
2: and nobody's gonna have a problem with that and they make a joke about bashing trains like oh i hate fucking trains never want to ride one again in america where we desperately need trains and
1: we've dismantled many of our public transportation systems in in favor of cars which is a situation that was all orchestrated by the automotive industry
2: and suburban america is run by the automotive industry that's right and all of this is so that elon musk can get tax subsidies
0: through his money laundering company tesla
1: don't believe disenchanted don't believe the (laughs) propaganda about going to suburbia
2: Every time you would buy a subscription to watch Disenchanted, donate to a train company instead.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, sadly. Just <laughs> vote for politicians who want to build public transportation infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That's epic. So all of this being <laughs> said, all of this being said, fuck this movie. I'm gonna give it. Two out of ten ones. <laughs> the only reason I'm not giving this piece of shit one <laughs> out of ten ones is because I respect the actors who are in it. Even if they were phoning it in for the most part, I love Amy Adams. Patrick Dempsey is great in this movie. James Marsders is fucking fantastic yeah. in everything
2: he's in. He's yeah. absolutely a treasure. Dina Monzel, always fun. Pippin, voice actor. They got one for this movie, and he was pretty fun. That was
0: fine. The cast is good. Other than that, this is an offensive film. This film. <laughs> I've does... never
1: heard you say
0: yes, the movie have.
1: was a piece of shit on our show.
0: You must have. We did talk no. about the Polar Express.
1: You usually try to like say it in a different way, like this this really got to you <laughs> it
0: it did and it didn't i don't know i just like the more we delved into it the more i'm like it just is perpetuating stupid harmful
2: it's like a sellout dude yeah, yeah. like it's,
0: i mean it's a disney movie i don't know if a disney
2: movie can sell out like It's already sold out. It's like like watching an ad for an hour and a half. That's what
1: I was saying.
2: Like, I
0: think the reason I'm giving it such a low... Because I feel like legitimately it's like a four or five. But I'm giving it a low rating because Enchanted is so good. Yeah. And this is just such a fall from grace of a great movie.
1: Yeah. And I
0: had high hopes. And what I got was... Just completely unnecessary.
2: Yeah. It didn't fall short. It didn't even try to make the jump.
0: Yeah, and right. it's not even a cash grab because they're like they must have known there was no way this movie was going to perform.
1: I was excited to see this movie.
0: Yeah. This movie gave me hemorrhoids. <laughs> well, 60% of adults will gain hemorrhoids at some point.
2: Will gain hemorrhoids. Sorry. Or achieve hemorrhoids. This movie gave me dire hemorrhoids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They've got spines and scales, yes, and, and like lumps on Touched lumps by the crucible, <laughs> and
1: just the like shit eater,
0: yes, <laughs> like it's. Here's the thing: I almost feel like <laughs> I shouldn't give it a two. I should give this movie a four out of ten because a one or a two is usually so bad. I would watch it again to just destroy it and riff it, like, like the Polar like Express. Like the Polar Express. Like I'm, I, I
2: hate that movie with a burning passion. I'm not
1: ready to rewatch it. I man, am totally
2: ready to rewatch
1: it. Maybe next year,
2: just for the fun of like the shared trauma bond. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: there is no reason to watch Disenchanted. It's not, <laughs> it's not bad enough to like break down in an interesting way with like fascist imagery santa or insane like disjointed imagery of the polar express the movie i keep going back to probably because it's that time of year and my ptsd starts kicking into (laughs) december just nothing happens worth seeing in
2: this film but you know what would be really good with it rewriting a sequel to Disenchant. yeah great a great idea and
1: we fucking did that you guys and it's on patreon so if you want to hear a better version of what this could have been like we said before you should head on over there to patreon.com slash swords and satire join our uh one of our tiers so that you can listen to that Episode And
0: I'm also mad that this fucking movie (laughs) did make me feel something in that moment with Giselle and Morgan at the end. And it wasn't earned at all. It was just me, like, having nostalgia for the last movie and having an emotional reaction. And
2: now I'm mad
0: that they got
2: that out of me. Because it's just like, because the relationship was not there. Simply, the premise of a parent dying is sad, and they're like, just put it in the movie. You no, know, but like the idea of like, but you are a true daughter of
0: Andalasia because you're my daughter. Like that was racist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is an emotional core in that moment that the movie does not establish or
2: deserve. Yeah,
1: no. it's true. <laughs>
2: But I was saying we should do a sequel to this movie.
1: Oh. For history.
2: Because you might recall the people who make the wish get to remember what happened. But to everyone else, it's like a dream. I right. I
1: forgot about and that. So I was going to
2: mention that, but I forgot to talk about it. We need to have a dung eater like person <laughs> who's like, I remember what happened. <laughs> oh God. What I became when the world was a fairy tale
1: that's good yeah jack we should do that that's what we're doing Hell oh yeah. boy
0: <laughs> well fuck Cass. what are we talking about next time
1: next week we're either covering
2: <laughs> tuberculosis acquired
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're either covering gremlins or happy sleigh night or whatever it's called
0: uh santa sleigh
1: santa sleigh
0: with bill goldberg
1: yeah, you want to watch that. I want to watch Gremlins. We'll see who okay, wins. Okay,
0: you're right. We'll split it down the middle. We'll we'll compromise, and we'll watch Santa with muscles. Unless now, here's positive. the thing. Here's the thing. You're <laughs> gonna understand my logic in a second. Here, Santa Slay stars professional wrestler Bill Goldberg. Okay. And Gremlins Two has that weird meta scene with Hulk Hogan.
1: Oh, I didn't remember that.
0: And Santa with Muscles, of course, is a Christmas movie starring Hulk Hogan.
2: Wow. It's crazy that I'm going to be sick that week. (laughs) 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 There's also a chance at some point coming out a movie called Violent Night will be released.
1: Yeah. Who
2: knows when? It's confusing, but we will see it.
1: (laughs) We have a lot of ideas for what we might be covering next week, so you're going to have to just tune in to find out what we chose.
0: So the moral of the story is, next week we'll be talking about a movie.
1: Yeah. But I'm also going to look forward to whatever we watch, you're going to make memes about it and put it up on social media so other people... Can know what the heck we're doing.
0: That's true. And if you want to see the memes I make, you can follow us at Swords and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and the rotting cesspool Twi-
2: that remains of Twitter.
1: The fetid corpse.
2: The bird that stoned itself. That
1: uh, flew into a window. Icarus. And is twitching on the ground.
2: Oh god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's all hype. But- <laughs> so that movie Chef is just going to be so dated pretty soon because it's basically a Twitter ad. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I still haven't seen that movie.
1: <laughs> Kevin Feige, it, it, right? You'll,
2: it's a feel good. You'll like um,
0: it. No. It's the director of Iron Man. John Favreau. Yep. That's the one.
1: Yeah. It's, he directed it and stars in it.
0: And
2: showed it to Twitter. Yep. That's right, and if you love <laughs> Chef, the <laughs> <laughs> character from South Park, no, I, you know, I I cannot endorse that character without deeper thought. And you're that. feeling
1: on we because your life was kicking up a shitstorm on Twitter.
0: Some of our friends, uh, rip! Some of our friends' only connection to the outside world.
1: Yes. Then maybe Jack has another idea of what you could do with your time.
0: That's right. You could write a hate letter to Disney You're
1: about disenchanted
2: <laughs> Instead of destroying what you hate, you could cultivate what you love. Oh, shit. Like your relationships with your friends and family. I love to shit on movies. There you go. Uh, but don't shit on your loved ones. <laughs> share your favorite is consensual. Share your favorite art with them.
1: What kind of art?
2: Well, if you love our podcast and you love those people, maybe People love our podcast. <laughs> maybe you can enjoy each other and this podcast together by watching what we watch like The First Enchanted and listen to our episodes.
1: On the first enchanted.
2: Or the Polar Express. <laughs> wow.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> well, until next time, Hail Crom!